Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I mean, it's two days before the World Cup starts, and now they say that they won't serve beer at the World Cup. I've been to several World Cups, and uh, it's the first time that not even in the stadium they would say serve beer. I think it's a bit bad, because for me, beer and football go hand in hand. It's a nightmare, a nightmare sent from Satan below us, attending a sports event without beer. Barbaric! That is barbaric. Jack joins us via telephonic uh, connection. Hello. Yeah, I'm back when I drank, man. If I'd have shown up to an event, like I remember when I went to the Olympics, there was no beer in the stadium, and I was like, what? I mean, I paid for these tickets and was looking forward to sitting there and watching sports. I was like, what? I can't do this. I'd forgotten that's the deal at the Olympics. Uh, the What's really interesting about the World Cup in Qatar, uh, there are a bunch of interesting aspects to it, but uh, FIFA, the utterly corrupt international soccer organiz- organization, had come to an agreement about all sorts of stuff with the, uh, the royal family of that uh, fundamentalist Islamic nation. And 48 hours before they were going to kick off the first game, the royal family said, yeah, we changed our mind, no beer in the stadiums. And Budweiser spends tens of millions of dollars, might even be uh, nine figures into the hundreds of millions of dollars to sponsor this thing. And uh, to have them jerked around like that was not a, not a good thing for FIFA. But again, they're so corrupt, I don't care. 
Well, yeah, but then, then there's the slightly different topic of you're the you're such a religious country you can't allow beer at a sporting event, but you have kings who get to drive around in Bentleys because that's part of the deal. All right. Well, and you can get liquor in in carefully controlled places, kind of out of sight and cutter. They're not like super crazy hardcore about it. Um, but the the crazy part was that they had an agreement with FIFA. I yeah. mean, they won the bid. Um, in 2010 to host the World Cup, and they wait till 48 hours before the first game? Yeah, I'm surprised. I don't know. Maybe they didn't think that was worth putting in there, but um, I would assume that if you said, by the way, there's no beer at our place, you would never get the World Cup. Uh, yeah, it's it's available in the fan zones, just to, outside the stadiums, just to clarify. But um, no, that was that was carefully carefully negotiated. Um, and again, the uh, the shakes changed their minds at the last minute. But right, uh, the New York Times with an absolutely devastating piece about the origin of uh, well, how the World Cup ended up in Qatar, and it's it's really something. Um, they talk about how this uh, Michael Platini, who's a legendary French player who'd become one of the most powerful men in soccer, um, kind of like a, uh, I don't know, like a, the Arnold Palmer was in golf or, or whatever, uh, Yogi Berra in baseball. Um, but he'd risen to become one of the most powerful men in soccer. He stepped into a lavish salon inside the president's official residence, president of France, noticed immediately, hey, the, the, the pres himself isn't uh, here. Instead, he was directed toward a small group chatting across the room uh, and to a conversation that would alter the course of his career, stain his reputation, forever change the sport to which he dedicated his life. And the folks involved were the prime minister of Qatar, uh, the soon-to-be absolute ruler who was about to replace his dad, and the Qataris had come to Paris to discuss a plan that bordered on the fantastical. Their tiny, impossibly wealthy Gulf state wanted to host the World Cup. And a year earlier, this Platini character had told a rival United States bid that, listen, good luck to you. Uh, it may go to you just as long as it goes anywhere but Qatar. Mm. At some point, though, that afternoon in the president's house, Platini's reservations melted away. What happened to change his mind, change his mind over lunch with the late arriving Sarkozy and two Qataris remains more than a decade later resolutely obscure and fiercely contested. He himself has offered at least two distinct versions of events. Um, uh, he was detained but not charged by French, uh, French authorities looking into bribery. Uh, since then, American investigators in FIFA itself have said multiple FIFA board members accepted bribes to swing the vote to Qatar. Platini was not among those accused. A broad corruption investigation into how FIFA conducts business led to dozens of arrests. You remember when that happened? Yeah. And those cases and others helped bring down the entire leadership of FIFA and almost toppled the institution itself. And and they go into some details about how it also screwed up the finances of soccer internationally. But in spite of all of that, they kept their bid, which seems just crazy. Somebody got a giant chunk of money or something. Yeah, yeah, and they were actually looking into the possibility of changing the location uh, even fairly recently. Uh, for a number of reasons, including, and this is this is interesting in terms of the bribery, uh, whether you're a soccer fan or not, Cutter's way, way, way too hot during the traditional, uh, I guess it's winter in the uh, northern hemisphere uh, when big-time European soccer is on a break. Uh, 
And that's how all the big-time pro players can play for their countries, because it's mm, in the middle yeah, of the off-season. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but Cutter would be too hot. All the, all the fans would, would die of heat stroke in the streets, never mind. And they were going to build these air-conditioned stadiums that were said to be amazing state-of-the-art, but everybody decided, no, it's just too hot for the fans. And so somehow or other... The Qataris came up with so much money for all the big-time soccer clubs that the soccer club said, uh, yeah, you can have our stars during midseason. That'd be fine. You wow. can borrow them if you want. Wow. Just so crazy. So in terms of the bribing the officials, I mean, I'm a, uh, I'm a law and order guy, but i got to admit, maybe it's because I don't care about soccer, but i got to admit if I'm an official and the Qatari prince of something or other sits across from me and says, look, I'll give you any amount of money you want. <laughs> I don't care how much it is. You'll be rich in your whole family forever. Right. Just let us have the soccer tournament here. And I think, what the hell difference do I care where the soccer tournament is? Sure. <laughs> you know, I agree with you on both points. It's important to follow the law, Jack. Without laws, we become like animals, like beasts, savage beasts. Uh, at the same time, somebody comes to me and says, look, it's one soccer tournament. Here's $10 million. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> but back to how uh, corrupt this is. Uh, they they talk in this uh, New York Times article about this soccer, uh, big soccer leader from Chile, uh, whose name is uh, his last name is hyphenated Maine Nichols. I'm just going to call him Maine to save time. But um, he led the inspection team that FIFA sent out to assess each of the bidders to say whether they could actually handle it or whatever. His verdict on Cutter. Uh, a product of a three-day visit in September of 2009 was hardly a resounding endorsement. While the country had scaled back on some of its initial plans, uh, duh, 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 the inspector still harbored seemingly insurmountable doubts. Number one, Cutter's too small. It was a huge problem for organizations, says this main character. And number two, in the Northern Hemisphere summer, the traditional window for playing the World Cup, it's simply too hot. Um, and then they go into dealing with that. Uh, but... The more May Nichols talked to the various administrators and plutocrats on the FIFA board, the more he was struck by how little his presentation had done to diminish support for Cutter among the men who held votes. Only one, he asked, had even asked to see the report. Most seemed to have made up their minds. They were wow. telling me the Qataris were really coming on strongly. They were really the, they were the ones who voted. I immediately realized Cutter would win no matter what I told them. Right. And he was not the only one on the eve of the vote. A consultant with Cutter's bid recalled turning to a senior Qatari bid official and asking how things looked. He was shocked by the certainty of the response by the official. Oh, it's done. This was before the vote. And he was right. Even before Uh the Yen's bladder, remember him? He was fired and jailed for being corrupt. Even before he opened the envelope to confirm that the Middle East would host the World Cup for the first time, Al Jazeera, the news network based in Doha, Qatar, had broadcast news of Qatar's victory. And then they get into the U.S. Department of Justice uh, accusing all sorts of people of bribery, seven-figure bribes to select Cutter. The real lesson in in all of these sorts of things is if you have an organization, um, really for anything, but all these sports organizations, they're either taking bribes or sexing up the the, the athletes. Just, Just human nature, I guess. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. You know, as long as they're all consenting adults, you know, you can sex up anybody you want. But, um, yeah, frequently they're not. Uh, speaking of sexing people up, a couple of things. Uh, Cutter, it's homosexuality is illegal in Cutter. Um, there's nothing specific about w- w- girls uh, getting together. 
uh, in their laws, but dudes getting together Shocking. are strict for voting. <laughs> Shocking. So the uh, dudes who make the rules hot. are... They're, they're, exactly. That's hilarious. Oh, my God. And so, uh, oh, I, I should mention that the current FIFA chief has come out strong, saying, don't criticize Cutter. Don't criticize, criticize me if you want. Criticize FIFA. Uh, Cutter has been great. They've been wonderful. This guy's obviously up to his neck in bribes. It's absolutely yeah. hilarious. And doesn't uh, want his hands chopped off. Well, right, yeah, there's that. But uh, so m- the final note, since it's illegal to do anything gay in Qatar, um, various uh, organizations, papers, governments are saying, all right, here, here's here's what you need to know if you're a gay soccer fan and you're going to this place. You know, what to do if you're likely to be safe. The Qataris have said over and over again, everybody's welcome here, everybody. And the press, the head press guy for FIFA said, look, I'm gay. It's gone fine. I'm fine, which is good to hear. Um, yeah. But just one note on this topic I was going to hit you with um, as this, I think this is the New York Times, oh, Washington Post is going on. What should LGBTQ soccer fans expect at the Cutter World Cup? A guide. And they mention that any PDA is is verboten in Cutter. They don't want straight couples mashing in the streets. It's a very conservative society. And frankly, uh-huh. it's gross. Get a room. I'm with the Qataris on this. Um, but uh, da, 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 World uh, Rights, Human Rights Watch reports uh, beatings and lashings and jailings of uh, four transgender women, a gay guy, a bisexual woman, that sort of thing. They have kind of an ugly history. Not kind of. They have an ugly history. But I like this part. The U.S. Embassy in Doha urged American visitors to the tournament to consider both cultural and legal differences and noted that sexual intercourse outside of marriage is illegal in Qatar. Our State Department advised that all same-sex relations between men are also forbidden, even if consensual, quote, penalties include lashing, lengthy prison sentences, and or deportation. Uh, Britain, meanwhile has produced it or provided advice that appears contradictory. In a radio interview last month, the foreign secretary urged LGBTQ travelers to show, quote, a little bit of flex and compromise, quote, quote, in Qatar. But then the prime minister's office later rebuked this, listen to this, saying people should never have to compromise who they are. Oh, you're going to a fundamentalist Muslim land, and you're telling them that you don't have to compromise who you are. Well, what if I'm the guy getting lashed? Right. Jailed and beaten. Yeah. God, that's, that is so, that is so, what I'm always calling greeting card rhetoric or unicornianism. You're the British, you're the prime minister, and you're not you're 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 hitting people with this lovely sentiment like it's a greeting card with a butterfly on it and not saying <laughs> hey this is a society with very different cultural norms than we have be cool and I'll tell you what I find soccer so boring being drunk and a little gay sex is the only way I could get through a match so well I heard that but uh so and, and again what the the other bit of hypocrisy that struck me is folks on the left are constantly lecturing people about respecting other people's culture right, right? and you got to be uh, you don't want to appropriate it and all cultures are beautiful and blah except American of course uh but if they don't like gay sex then you can go ahead and and violate that it's just it's such crap it's such illogical crap all right we got to take a break uh back with something completely different stay with us armstrong and getty
The Armstrong and Getty Show. Ladies and gentlemen, we give you friend star Matthew Perry talking about the joys of real estate open houses. And some of the things that I went through to get that many pills a day. Oh. You know, my whole life was math. I mean, you know the story about the open house. Yes. Can we talk about this? Sure. Yeah. This is a because I remember the David Bowie song, like "Waiting for the Man." Right. This is where I was a teenager. First, learned the concept of what addiction was. I think from that song, like this is this big rock star, but he's waiting for the man. Yeah. Keith Richards just said the same. Doesn't matter how big you are, how famous you are, the drug dealer, you are his bitch. Yeah. You're waiting for the man. But you didn't wait for the man. You went to open houses and stole drugs from people's medicine cabinets. Such a better plan. Right? I would, I would look in the paper and look at open houses on Sundays. And I would go and I would go upstairs to the medicine room. And if it was an elderly couple, I knew I'd hit it home. And then you look at the dates, you know, and if the yeah. dates are old and there's still a lot of pills, you can take a lot of them. And then, and I'm telling, it's a horror story, and I'm telling it in kind of a funny way. But no, as is. I drove off, I was like, nobody's gonna say Chandler just stole drugs out of my <laughs> medicine cabinet. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, being a slave to a substance, not a great way to live. That was a song was written by Lou Reed, by the way, recorded by the Velvet Underground. I believe David Bowie covered it. Anyway, let's not quibble. Uh, wow, that's quite a story. And it is funny as hell, even as it's tragic as hell. Uh, speaking of crime and that sort of thing, do you know Nuke Bizzle? You a fan of Nuke Bizzle? Nuke Bizzle is a, a rapper of sorts, and I believe the Washington, D.C. area. Uh, anyway, he's, uh, that's the rap name of one Fontrell Baines. He's now pleading for leniency from a federal judge who will decide how much more of his life he will spend behind bars. He's already spent a chunk of it. See, what he did was he joined others in defrauding the government, governments, out of, uh, $1.3 million in unemployment benefits during the pandemic. At least, at least. And what this guy did was he recorded himself sending off stacks of bogus unemployment applications and then posting the footage of his crime on YouTube as a rap video entitled EDD, which you might have seen on Tucker Carlson's show. He featured it. Um, it's named after California's jobs agency. Well, maybe he is a Californian. I don't know. Anyway, uh, it was the biggest hit of his career. He sings Unemployment So Sweet, while his rap partner, Fat Wizza, intoned, You gotta sell cocaine, I can just file a claim. It was the biggest hit of Nuke Bizzle's career, but brought unwanted attention to his scam. And the cops ended up arresting him and finding him with a gun and the rest of it. Uh, part of the roughly $800 billion in pandemic unemployment benefits that flew out wildly. And fraudsters likely siphoned off more than $200 billion. Lovely. Sarah Westwood from the Washington Examiner is charming. She's coming up next. Armstrong and Getty. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. The Armstrong and Getty Show. The Department of Justice has long recognized that in certain extraordinary cases, it is in the public interest to appoint a special prosecutor to independently manage an investigation and prosecution. Based on recent developments, including the former president's announcement that he is a candidate for president in the next election, and the sitting president's stated intention to be a candidate as well, I have concluded that it is in the public interest to appoint a special counsel. That's Merrick Garland explaining why he appointed a special counsel to investigate uh, Donald J. Trump uh, for various uh, real and or imagined sins and high crimes and misdemeanors. Trump, meanwhile, shockingly, had a strong opinion on the appointment of the counsel. The corrupt and highly political Justice Department just appointed a super radical left special counsel better referred to as a special prosecutor to start the process all over again. This horrendous abuse of power is the latest in a long series of witch hunts. I thought the investigation with the document hoax was dying or dead or over, 
and the investigation into January 6th in my very peaceful and patriotic speech. Remember? Peaceful and patriotically was dead, especially after the record-setting 40-point loss of Liz Cheney in the great state of Wyoming. I thought it was dead. Uh, an interesting point. Not sure how relevant it is, but Sarah Westwood joins us. Sarah's an investigative reporter for the Washington Examiner, previously the White House reporter for CNN, among other fine posts. Sarah, how are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me. Good. Welcome. Uh, what should we make of the appointment of the special counsel? It's uh, Merrick Garland's explanation. Uh, does that hold water to you? Well, you know, obviously this isn't the first go-around that the Justice Department sort of punted on responsibility for investigating Trump, put in place someone who could claim broad-sweeping powers, and and then, you know, plunge the country into a period of extreme division because of those investigations. And it seems like this special counsel has a far broader purview than Robert Mueller did, right? I mean, Mueller's mandate was ostensibly relatively narrow. It was supposed to be just whether there was collusion between the Trump campaign and Russia, this uh, special counsel seems to be given leeway to pursue a number of different investigations related to Trump from the classified documents that he allegedly had at his Mar-a-Lago home to his involvement in the January 6th riot. And, you know, there's just a large segment of the population that has seen uh, the, the, the sort of justice system weaponized against Trump so many times that even if some charges were to stem from this one, after all the others that, that failed to touch Trump with, with criminal charges, there's going to be a big segment of the population that's not going to take it seriously. Well, putting aside for the moment that the fact that Joe Biden will not be running for president, I just I find that a silly uh, assertion. Um, I get Merrick Garland's point in that it would look terrible. I mean, if it was Trump v. Biden and the Biden White House or the Biden Justice Department, I should say, was investigating Trump. Uh, at the same time, though, it feels like a no-win. We're going to have a, another special prosecutor with sweeping powers and probably years and years of investigating. I mean, we just, Durham, you know, you mentioned uh, uh, the Mueller report, or Robert Mueller. Then you have Durham investigating the origin of the Russian thing, and it's just never-ending special counsels and, and years-long investigations. Who is this for? Right. I mean, there is a a segment of people on the left who have followed every twist and turn in the Trump legal saga for years now. They're always convinced that the latest development is going to be the one that gets him and are really disappointed when that doesn't happen. So just politically, this seems like a move that is only going to be welcome news to that segment of the Democratic Party. And I don't think that's by any means a majority of Democrats who want to see Trump, you know, suffer legally. And you're right. I mean, this cuts both ways. This also creates the impression of a potentially politicized Justice Department when right now the only two people who have been really clear about their current intention to run for president are Trump and Biden. And Biden's uh, administration is investigating Donald Trump. It's the sort of thing that if the if the tables were reversed, I think there would be a lot more clamoring about you know, judicial ethics, but you don't really hear that because Donald Trump is at the center of the investigation. Right. Yeah, it just feels like a big mess and a no-win to me. But uh, So uh, I'm a big fan of the Washington Examiner, of course, and your work. I uh, talked to David Drucker earlier. Uh, my eyes accidentally wandered over to the Washington Times uh, over the weekend. It was a mm-hmm. terrible experience. But um, the reason I bring it up is there was 
an incredible puff piece about Kamala Harris in it. And my theory, my crackpot theory, is that not only is Biden not going to run, but he knows he probably can't finish his term because of his uh, cognitive decline, and that Kamala Harris's people are not going to give up on her being the choice of, of the Democratic Party going forward in spite of her lack of popularity. Is there any chance I'm right? How do you see that whole thing? Well, you know, Kamala Harris's best chance to consolidate power within the Democratic Party would be to to ascend to the presidency before the Democratic primaries to sort of foreclose a, a bloody primary in which every major national Democrat jumps in. And, you know, in that context, she probably wouldn't have much of a chance. I mean, she was one of the first, if not the first Democrats to drop out of the 2020 Democratic primary. She was not palatable even to core Democratic voters that make up the people who vote in primaries. So her best shot would be for Biden to sort of step aside before the end of the term, and she would be then running as an incumbent president rather than as just another Democrat with a national profile seeking the presidency. The problem, though, is that I, I don't know that it's at all the case that Biden wants to leave his political legacy in her hands. So while that would set her up for the best chance at creating sort of a line of continuity, there has been you know talk reports about tension between the Biden camp and the Harris camp since essentially the day after the inauguration, they have not worked very closely together. And so, you know, it's not at all clear that that would be what Biden would select. He might rather, you know, stay in office until the 2024 election and let Democrats sort of hash it out for themselves who will be the, his successor. Now, Sarah Westwood is online, investigative reporter from the Washington Examiner. So getting back to that puff piece that I came across in a conservative publication, mm-hmm. uh, just speaking in broad principles, if you're willing to, I have heard that there is occasionally uh, horse trading where you'll get a piece published in return for saying, when X happens, I'll tip you off. Um, that somebody in uh, Harris's camp told a publication, we'll, we'll give you special access or you'll be the first to know, blah, blah, blah. Have you ever heard of that happening? You know, I'm sure some journalists operate that way. It's, not, it's certainly not how uh, how I would go about it. But, you know, it, it's, it's surprising to hear that there was a, a flattering piece about Harris in a conservative publication because she for so long has been the target of extreme Republican ire. She's She's unpopular among Democrats, and she's super unpopular among Republicans. So that is, you know, certainly an, an interesting piece to appear there. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well said, and 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 good enough. I, I was shocked by it, but so let's uh, let's turn to Kevin McCarthy, who is probably going to be the Speaker of the House. Uh, what sort of uh, future do you figure he has for the next two years? Yeah. I mean, I think his position may look tenuous right now. Conservatives do have all the leverage, particularly the ones who have banded together in the House Freedom Caucus to sort of demand some procedural changes. I think that McCarthy will have to make some concessions on committee assignments, on the amendment process, the types of things that House conservatives are looking for to give them more influence. There is no other natural challenger to him. No one who can pull together the different wings of the party who has the clout to seek the speakership. And then really his job for the next two years, will be preventing Democrats from notching any major legislative wins. There's virtually zero chance that Republicans will be able to use that majority to advance any legislation of significance. But if he's able to hold off Democrats from being able to pass their agenda, then 
that would be considered something of a successful two years at the helm. I mean, Republicans are pretty successful at obstructing Democratic priorities, even when Democrats had both houses of, of Congress, just because the Democrats' majorities were so thin and, Dem- and Republicans were able to, in a lot of instances, pick off a couple of moderate Democrats. McCarthy has an even stronger position to continue that pattern in the next Congress. He just has to keep you know, the handful of vulnerable Republicans who were sent to him this cycle from swing states from defecting on politically difficult votes. Sarah Westwood of the Washington Examiner. Uh, Sarah, thanks so much for the time. Well done. Thanks for having me. All right. Our pleasure, indeed. Uh, So uh, Matt Taibbi, who's such an interesting character these days, um, a a man of the left, but a brilliant, brilliant guy and practically compulsively honest, uh, has, has come across, well, his new project is uncovering censorship wherever it, it lies. And, uh, when, when the major platforms especially censor folks on the left or on the right, he shines a bright spotlight on it. And he has come up with a case, uh, involving Google's YouTube that is absolutely unforgivable. We'll tell you about it in a moment or two. If you can't hang around, grab the podcast later. Armstrong and Getty on demand. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. 
The Armstrong and Getty Show. The plan has changed slightly. The fabulous Matt Taibbi and his calling out of YouTube as censors and brutes will be uh, the first thing you hear in hour four of the Armstrong and Getty Show. Now, some of you poor folks don't get the fourth hour live. Uh, you can grab it later via podcast, Armstrong and Getty On Demand. Uh, it will entertain, I guarantee. The co-host, Jack, rejoins us from his uh, pleasure trip with his boys. Jack? Did you know that China emits two-thirds more CO2 than the United States and Europe combined? I did not. That factors, that factors into what happened over the weekend when John Kerry rolled over for this idea of climate reparations, which I had not even heard of until I read about it in the Wall Street Journal today. It's the latest uh, holdup of American taxpayers. So they had this big climate conference in Egypt all week long. John Kerry said fairly recently, to his credit, that there's not going to be anything along the lines of climate reparations. That's a, reparations. That's a non-starter. Well, Europe was in agreement with, on, with us on that, we thought. They 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 gave in to the idea of it over the weekend for whatever reason. Kerry and the Biden administration decided to go the other direction and signed on to it. So it's going to be this gigantic fund that we uh, taxpayers in Europe and the United States will uh, will contribute to to try to pay back poor countries that allegedly are being devastated by climate change that we all caused by becoming industrialized nations before they did. Oh, right. Yeah. The long and short of it is that uh, if a destructive storm or heat wave or drought linked to rising temperatures linked, you link anything to anything else. Anyway, that if something like that happens, then the industrialized country will compensate uh, the little fellas. Hey, it was super hot. Your crops died. Probably climate change. Here's uh, two billion dollars. Right. Because that never happened throughout history before. Floods. Uh, droughts, that sort of thing, uh, never naturally occurred. So anytime it occurs now, it's uh, for the U.S. taxpayer to uh, to write a check. Uh, they used the example of the floods recently in Pakistan for that, which could be climate change, I don't know, but neither does anybody else for sure. And uh, to what extent it would would or wouldn't have happened, who knows? I think the Biden administration had it right up until this weekend when they were saying, no, that's a non-starter. Um, and the Wall Street Journal makes the point that the um, industrializing of the first world nations and capitalism and everything that's happened since the Industrial Revolution over the last 150 years or however long uh, has lifted so much of the world out of poverty and provided so much for so many. Um, so there's a trade-off, maybe, yeah, whatever. But um, and, and where do you end with this sort of thing, obviously? Where do you stop? Right. A couple of thoughts. Number one, it would be fair to suggest, as you kind of hinted at, um, all right, if we're going to pay you for the negatives, you have to pay us back for all the positives. I mean, why not? You got right. food and medicines and industrial uh, capability and advanced agriculture and, and a hundred other things developed in the industrialized world. And so, yeah, if we're going to pay you for all the negatives, you pay us for all the positives. Here's the bill. 
Uh, the second thing is what struck me, and it, it would be funny. I was reading the New York Times account of this. It'd be funny if we were just to trade paragraphs back and forth from the New York Times and the Wall Street Journal just to see how different the coverage was. But what struck <laughs> me about it. it was was how much fudge room there is in all of this. And I always leave room for fudge, folks. Um, it, it just <laughs> like so many of these plim- climate accords, how phony all of this is, or oh, yeah. they make pledges that they never intended to keep. I know. I I don't get that. I saw uh, our, our, uh, Ian Bremmer tweeting over the weekend about how important it is that we all signal these things, even if we don't follow through. Is it? Is it important at all? Um, you remember it was such a big deal that Trump pulled out of the Paris Accords. Whatever. The, the, the countries that signed on to it didn't follow through on any of the stuff that they said they were going to do. So what the hell difference does it make? I don't get it. And as I opened the little thing, China is producing so much more CO2 than anybody else in the world, and they're not going to be involved, of course, in this ridiculous reparations thing. Well, and I thought this was interesting. They're talking about how uh, India and more than 80 other countries wanted language that would have called for a phase-down of all fossil fuels, not just coal, but also oil and gas, keeping in mind that all of that would just be aspirational. Uh, That would have gone beyond the deal at Glasgow back in the day where they set targets, which caused for a, I'm sorry, it called for a phase-down of coal only. Here's the key sentence. But that effort was blocked by major oil producers like Canada. What? Canada is not down with the global warming thing and Saudi Arabia, as well as by China, the the world's greatest emitter. Uh, You'll see in liberal outlets like the New York Times that uh, the U.S. is the greatest emitter in history uh, because that way we can be the bad guy, as we always must be on the left. uh, But they emit the fact, uh, omit the fact, sorry, not emit, omit the fact that uh, we've cut down our emissions of all sorts of nasty stuff in heroic fashion over the last 40 50 years and it's really the developing world including china and india that are belching the most filth into the sky right and of course we're in a global struggle with china to which this would give them a great advantage if uh, they don't have to play by these ridiculous climate rules the wall street journal calls it the latest climate shakedown which is a pretty good description Yeah, yeah, I would agree. You know, I just came across this. Let me click over. My mouse died, so I have to use my fingers like a sucker. Um, Oh, wow. uh, Mandating EVs, electrical vehicles in the U.S., would would require 18 times the current global production of cobalt and also require three-quarters of the lithium and half of the world's copper and rare earths, and China dominates all of those markets. Wow. Wow. If we were to follow through on a serious mandate of electrical vehicles, we would be absolutely slaves to the communist Chinese on on the one finger. Secondly, the extraction of these uh, these metals, all of them that we mentioned, are incredibly costly to the environment. I mean, just practically disastrous to the environment. But don't worry, the communist Chinese would be taking care of the environment. And the third aspect of it is that uh, the mining of them consumes a horrific amount of energy, which you can't power uh, the mining of electric vehicle stuff with electric vehicles. You need fossil fuels. It's not going to be windmills and solar. So, you know, if somebody were to show me a realistic map or equation or something, 
to show that, yeah, 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 that it's initially it's going to be absolutely horrible for the environment. But by the year 2049, we'll be at a break even. Everybody will be zipping around in these wonderful electric vehicles. And, we, and then we'll really start to go get ahead. I'm willing to listen. But the problem is the whole EV crowd and the climate crowd, they never concede the negatives and the costs. So you never feel like you're dealing with an honest broker. So a quick observation, as I am uh, on a little vacation with the kids, we're going to Universal today uh, in Los Angeles. I'm at uh, a fabulous hotel. I don't usually stay at nice hotels. I'm more of a Super 8 guy if I'm traveling by myself. But uh, I'm at a really 30 seconds, by the way. Sorry. And uh, uh, I've noticed that the male clientele of fancy hotels uh, tends toward heavy heavy cologne use. Mm. (laughs) Oh, my God. What is it about can afford the nice hotel and cologne use? I wonder how do those how do those match up? I don't know what that is. Nobody wants to smell your cologne. Nobody wants YouTube censoring either, but they do it like crazy. We'll tell you about that next hour. Stay with us. Armstrong and Getty. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.